0: This is episode 81 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Gordon, and this is episode 81 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. I appreciate you checking it out, and I'm pretty stoked to be recording this podcast episode today. It's going to go over a few things. Uh, One of them is uh, really just like a quarter four uh, 2017 kind of roundup. You know, what are you doing at the end of the year? What are you doing to prepare for 2018? That kind of thing. And I want to make it kind of clear up front that it's not necessarily specific to only people who are running their own business or, you know, that are trying to build a brand or something like that. It's, it's actually a lot more broad than that. So, uh, so don't tune out. Um, if you think that it's only going to cater to people that are doing those kinds of things. Um, I think that's actually pretty applicable to just about anybody. And also, um, you know, I get, out of all the things that I've talked about on this podcast and all the things that, that we bring up, the thing that gets brought up the most, actually, uh, which is surprising to me, is Amazon merch. Um, <laughs> this podcast was, was really intended from the very beginning to be sort of a, a almost like a documentation style um, podcast of what I've got going on in my building of, of businesses and side hustle stuff, and also to bring others um, onto the show, you know, well-known entrepreneurs, uh, growing entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs that are struggling or, or have mastered the art of balancing all of that with family, because that is something that I have constantly been, and I'm going to use like air quotes here, but battling. I was always working on how to create and find the best balance. Uh, I'm not sure that there is a best balance, or there is such a thing as a balance, but you make it work anyway. So that was the intent of the podcast, and and honestly, the thing that comes up the most is Amazon merch. People bring that up a lot, so I want to dive into that today, and. More specifically regarding Amazon merch, because this is kind of a, um, like a, a, probably a part one of two, honestly, end of year, fourth quarter podcast. Um, That all that Amazon merch content in this podcast today is going to be about how to go into the end of the year. Uh, Right now, when I record, when I'm recording this, it's the beginning of November. There is still time. Um, even after this airs, there's still time to get in some, what I think are good designs and kind of try to capture some of that fourth quarter revenue. It's going to be very tight though, if you haven't started that yet. Uh, but anyway, we'll get into all that. Everything in this podcast is really pertaining to the end of the year. So, uh, the first thing I want to get into is just the fact that it is the end of the year. It is officially fourth quarter. It is here. Um, you know, I know a lot of people who listen to this are either selling on Amazon, uh, whether that's, that's everything from commodity products that don't really have a brand around them, uh, you know, like uh, iPhone cables or something, uh, all the way to brands, people who are running actual brands and they are selling on Amazon, maybe as a primary channel and off Amazon, Maybe on a Shopify site, or on another successful high traffic channel like Walmart or eBay or something like that, so uh, a lot of people that listen to this do that, and I am curious what other people are doing but i I interact with a lot of entrepreneurs and sellers, and uh as as we are now moving into fourth quarter. Uh, there's a lot of things to think about. So if you are in that situation, you're probably already thinking about your cash flow and inventory. And if you have been in this game for more than a season or so, you know, uh, a fourth quarter season, you already know what you should be thinking about right now in November, you know, November, mid November timeframe. You should really be thinking about, uh, January, February, and if you source anything from China, you should be thinking about Chinese New Year. Um, if you're new, then these are things that I I think that you should probably be thinking about. So um, that's kind of what I really wanted to dive into here with the, um, the Amazon sellers who, who listen to this is fourth quarter. Um, so I've been selling on Amazon for a couple of years now, and when it comes to physical products especially on Amazon where there's so much traffic uh in the fourth quarter there's this crazy crazy boost in sales for pretty much everybody that I've ever known who has sold anything on Amazon and this is this this is on in any product category essentially and he, I'll even say this any price point so if you are a new seller and you are selling higher price items, let's just say they're a hundred bucks, and you sell a couple a day or something normally, uh chances are you're gonna see a, a pretty big jump in sales right around Thanksgiving, and it's gonna go to right around the week before Christmas, as you would expect. But what you may not expect is just how much that's going to potentially be. See, the thing is with Amazon and again, most of you already know this, but some of you don't. So the thing with Amazon is that there is so much traffic and I don't think people stop and appreciate just how much traffic there is on Amazon and how many credit cards are on file and how easy it is for people to impulse purchase things. And when it gets later in the year, closer to Christmas, and people are thinking about gifts and they're whatever, it just becomes easier and easier and easier for them to throw Amazon Prime shipping uh, available or qualifying items into their shopping cart. So I wanna prepare you for that. And if you aren't prepared inventory wise and you aren't prepared cash flow wise, here's the situation that most people who aren't prepared fall into. Um, and it's, 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 it's really common. It's also, it's pretty avoidable for the most part. So, um, the problem is this. You have an inventory right now in Amazon. You started your business over the summer. Um, you're selling items right now. You are putting money, cash, into pay-per-click. And as a result of that, you have an A cost, you know, an average cost of sale, and your average cost of sale may be high in the beginning or something. But anyway, you're doing this. You're already taking sales. Great. Uh, you started that business with five thousand, ten thousand dollars, four thousand dollars, whatever it is, and you set up this this number. You had this number. You started this business with a number that was going to be the number you were going to invest, and you were going to take that number invest in inventory, invest in uh, some advertising, invest in in whatever, some packaging or something and pretty basic stuff. And then you're going to take all the proceeds uh, from selling that inventory and you are going to reinvest it back in by buying more inventory and more packaging and more advertising and so on and so forth. And you are going to continue to sell that next inventory and then the next inventory and the next inventory. That was your plan, right? That's everybody's plan. They're going to start with some number and they're not going to spend any more beyond that. Here's the problem. You bought a thousand of something or 500 of something and you sold a few hundred already or whatever. You sold, let's just say 60% and 50%. Well, now it's fourth quarter and now people are starting to buy more. So you're selling more faster And you being the smart business person that you probably are, and it really doesn't take a genius to do a little bit of this, but you're going to look out, you're going to see your forecasting, right? Uh, You're going to see that you've got 200 units left and you're selling 10 a day or something. So you can kind of do the math there. And all of a sudden, oh man, I have 200 units. I'm selling 10 a day. Uh, 10 times 20 is 200. I've only got 20 days worth of inventory left. So now it's panic mode, right? Now you go back to your supplier and you say, Oh, uh, supplier, I need to order a thousand of these right now. Can you do that? And they say, uh, yeah, sure. We can do that. It's going to take three weeks. And you say that's unacceptable. And they say, well, we, we can't, Make it any faster, and all, you get to this negotiation where they build uh, or manufacture half of them, you know, 500 of these units in two weeks, and you negotiate that you want to send half of those um, air express, and you want to send the other half on a uh, a boat, you know, in a in a container, and that that takes a month. So you get this all figured out so that half your inventory is going to be here in, in two or three weeks. Well, the air express shipping that you just agreed to pay for and the inventory itself that you just agreed to pay for is going to cost a substantial amount of money and uh the inventory on the back end that you just agreed to pay for that's going to take three or four weeks to manufacture and then three or four weeks to ship by boat you also need uh some, some cash to pay for. So you have a, now you have cash demands going out in high quantities and you haven't yet sold the remaining 200 units that you have on Amazon. And you are going to need the cash from those 200 units to pay for the, the products that you just ordered in your head. And I've lived this, so I know exactly what it's like in your head the quantities that you bought initially were going to be the funding source for everything after that. But you can't really have a gap in your stock on Amazon during fourth quarter. You can't afford to do that. That's a bad situation to be in. So you need to have inventory in there for fourth quarter. And now you're in this situation. You don't necessarily have the cash to pay for the inventory that you need. You need the inventory here now. Not only that, you waited too long and you didn't forecast right because you've never done this before. And so you need to pay Air Express shipping to get it here sooner. And then as soon as you get it here, you need to label every single unit and then um, uh, FedEx or whatever, UPS, all those out to the Amazon warehouses. And then Hopefully, Amazon has the time, availability, manpower, whatever, to unpack, distribute, and get your quantities up into the FBA warehouses and into the the system. So you need cash flow to do that. Why am I bringing this up? It's a situation that I'm pretty sure every seller has experienced. And I don't know how else to convey it to people other than to say the words Uh, but even when I do, and this was probably said to me, I honestly don't remember, but I fell into the trap also. (laughs) Um, And I'm trying to prepare you for, uh, again, this really applies to new sellers, because if you are a repeat seller who's done this before, you've already lived this, you already understand it. Uh, But new sellers seem to never see how this could possibly happen. And again, I was one of them. I was I was stubborn enough to think that I could do it differently or something. I, I don't even remember what my frame of thought was, but I know that I didn't think this was going to happen. I didn't see how it could happen. And alas, it happened to me. So if you have spent your four or five or $10,000 on your inventory and your business kickoff, launch costs and all that, chances are you're going to need another several thousand dollars or whatever to fund a round of inventory to get in. Because even after you sell those 200 units on Amazon that you're waiting to get money from to pay for your next batch of inventory, there is a time lapse there where Amazon takes uh, their their churning uh, to process all of that and then get your deposit ready and then actually deposit it, right? It's not like you're going to sell 10 units today and then get paid for those 10 units tomorrow. You're going to sell 20 units over two days or whatever and get paid for it in three days. That's not how it's going to work. You're going to sell 200 units, and it could take you know 10 days or whatever, and it's going to be potentially weeks, a couple weeks after that before you get paid. So having an understanding of the cash flow is something you need to be extremely aware of, especially now. And if you've already known about this, but it's something that you kind of forgot maybe or you kind of let it slide because it's, there's so much going on and you just didn't really feel like focusing energy on it, uh, now is the time to do that. It was probably three weeks ago, but now is the time to do that for sure and absolutely get that inventory in here as fast as you can. Honestly, by the time people listen to this, it's it could potentially be too late, but it's, it's never too late to actually say it so that people at least hear it and um, start maybe preparing it at worst case scenario, preparing for first quarter 2018. Now, first quarter 2018 brings on a whole nother myriad of problems because if you are sourcing from China, then you are probably already aware of Chinese New Year, which is a holiday in China and it's in February and it's usually... What happens is businesses, factories, they shut down for a period of time. It's usually a couple of weeks. Um, honestly, I've dealt with a lot of suppliers over there, and the duration is different for every single supplier. Uh, some seem to start late, start celebrating late. Some seem to return to work early. Um, I've I've even dealt with some that actually still continue to check email and still continue to communicate throughout the holiday uh, celebration period, whatever, but they haven't been, no one has uh, ever said that their factories are still manufacturing or they're still producing or they're still sourcing supplies and materials. So um, I would, I would add like rule of thumb is to add a month. So I would add a month. So if you think you're going to need inventory in March, plan to have it in by February first and then kind of work your way backwards from there. And um, I would even add more buffer room on top of that. But essentially what I'm saying is if you're all set now uh, for November, December, then I would, and your sales are, are pretty solid. And, um, you know, your ranking where you think is, is a, appropriate or where you think is good and you think sales will continue and you've done all the analytics and all that, uh, now is the time to start placing orders for large inventory to be delivered in January. And that way you're prepared for essentially first quarter. So uh, I think the big takeaway here, you know, I got into some of the fourth quarter, first quarter, whatever. The big takeaway here is that you should always be Willing to pony up the cash to get your inventory capped off or topped off or whatever, um, three months ahead of time, basically a quarter ahead of time. So, you know, you're going to get stuff kind of going now for first quarter, even though it's about a month into the fourth quarter of 2017. Uh, If you start going now, you know, you should be ready for first quarter of 2018. And then as soon as that stuff comes in, you're going to start thinking about second quarter, right, Uh, which is March, April, right? Uh, You're gonna start thinking about that. And then as soon as that stuff actually comes in and you deal with all that, you're gonna start thinking about the summertime, you know, third quarter. And that's just kind of how it goes. You're always going to be essentially looking ahead a uh, a quarter. And that's not always going to be the case with every single business and every single um, product type and whatever. But in general, the rule of thumb is it's always worked for me. It's worked for the people who I communicate with. The rule of thumb is to always look ahead a quarter. So now I want to turn that over to Amazon Merch because Amazon Merch, again, seems to be extremely popular. People are interested in it. Um, and if you'd never heard of Amazon Merch, and this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, Amazon Merch is a print-on-demand platform through Amazon where you can print on-demand t-shirts. Just recently, long sleeve shirts have been added, and the beauty of it is you don't actually need to stock any inventory. All you need to do is create designs, upload those designs in the form of a digital file, and then create your listing on Amazon. And when customers buy that shirt, then Amazon actually creates it. They manufacture the, uh, well, they don't manufacture the shirt. They take like an American apparel shirt and they will print the design that you submitted online. They will print that onto the shirt and fold it up, um, seal it, package it, and ship it off to the customer. So you don't ever actually have to handle any inventory. And what you get at the end of the day is a royalty of that sale, And just to put in perspective, if you sell a shirt for, say, $17.99, the royalty is about $5.49, $5.49. So you get about a third, roughly. It it actually depends on what your price point is for the shirt, but I'll say it's anywhere between 25% and like 35% is what you get. So anyway, that's the, the, the platform. A lot of people love it. I personally generate four figures from it every month. And essentially, and um, I'd say the time invested varies from 10 to as many as 40, honestly, sometimes, but it's been a long time since I've done this 10 to 40 hours a week. um, On average, there were some weeks where I really spent a lot of time on it. Uh, That is not the case every week because I have a lot of other things going on. But anyway, the point is, uh, you don't have to spend that much time. The more time you do spend on it, the more profitable it can be. But also, once you have designs up in Amazon Merch and they are selling, it is essentially hands-off from there. So uh, I like to use this term loosely, but there is a passive component to Amazon Merch. And I want to take this topic and kind of tie it to the the fourth quarter thing. So Amazon Merch, because you do not have inventory, because you don't have any physical inventory that you need to handle and you don't have any suppliers that you need to deal with, uh, you actually have a lot of opportunity between now and I'll say, I don't know, December 1st. You have about a month, almost a month to really capitalize on fourth quarter, which is great. And here's how you do this. Okay, uh, if you're already in Amazon merch and you already have some, time, uh, some slots available, then uh, the, the best thing to do, if you have niches that are selling and you and when I say selling, it could be one a day, It could be one every other day. That's still considered decent, right? That's about 100,000 BSR. Um, here's the thing. obviously, you need to fill your slots. But you can fill them intelligently. So Christmas designs are good, Hanukkah designs are good, all Kwanzaa, right? All those things are good. Year-end designs are good. You know, New Year's Eve, whatever. Um, but if you have niches that are selling, and let's just say uh, you you have a niche and it's uh, baseball, you have a baseball niche or something, and it's selling. I know it's not baseball season. The World Series just ended, but people love baseball all year round. And right now what they're looking for baseball fans is they know it's the off season. They're looking at what, uh, these franchises are doing in the off season. They're looking at what free agents are going to be traded. They're looking at, um, like rookies that could be coming out of college or being drafted. They're looking at, uh, players who are going to be coming up from the minor leagues right? They're thinking about these things. Baseball fans are rabid all year round. And let's not forget that in February, spring training starts. So you, it's really, the off season is really only November, December, and January. It's only three months. So that gives you a nine month window to have pretty much constant baseball fan traffic, right? So now that we're in fourth quarter, you can capitalize still on what happened in the playoffs. You can put stuff in there that might capitalize on that. So, uh, the, the 2017 world series was between the LA Dodgers and the Houston Astros. Okay. Uh, and you can go look up all the stats and whatever, and you can come up with some pretty clever designs probably about that. Um, I think it went to seven games and it ended on November 1st. Don't quote me on that, but I do believe that to be true. And you could create designs as an example um, that had some of that stuff in there. So you could say you know, seven games, one winner. I love Texas baseball. Stuff like that, right? I mean, you'd have to draw it out and, and do an actual design that makes sense. But those are the types of things that people really love. And if you're not selling on merch now, well, I don't want to get too much into it. There's there's tactics and, and ways to make designs that don't violate any copyrights. And they are really just a fan-based shirt, a fan-based design That is clever enough to get the point across of what you're trying to talk about without being blatantly trying to rip off whatever copyright or license or trademark uh, the thing is that you're talking about. And personally, I actually think it's really cool when fans of something make their own stuff and even make money on it. As long as it's not a direct copy, I really think that's I think that's fine. Um, If I owned a, if I was in a band and people made fan shirts and sold them, like that'd be fine. And I was in a band for a long time, several. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'd am I'm be cool with that, right? And baseball, uh, baseball teams, they're always going to have people who make counterfeits. Uh, this is not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is making a cool shirt that talks about or hints at or has in it graphically something relating to an epic series or a team or a dynasty or something like that. Uh, and you put it up and, and in this case, because the world series was so recent and it's fourth quarter and there's a lot of traffic on Amazon, uh, you could pro and I haven't done this by the way, but I, I have a feeling very strong feeling actually, um, just because of my experience in merch, that this would work. Uh, I you could very well create designs around that World Series that don't say Major League Baseball World Series, Houston Astros, uh, L.A. Dodgers. You know you can't say any of that, but you can have really cool designs. Graphically, you can even use some cool text and make the text look cool, and you know talk about. Texas, California, baseball, Los Angeles, baseball, uh, you know, those are things that aren't trademarked. Uh, you can say like, what a series or most epic series of 2017 or something like that. Right. And people love that stuff because it's not, it's not the same run of the mill shirt that you can get at the pro shop. If you live in Houston and you go to the Houston Astros, stadium, I don't know what it's called. Uh and you walk into the pro shop. They're not going to have that shirt. Your shirt is going to be totally unique, and if it's done well, people are going to love it. Fourth quarter is a perfect time to capitalize on stuff like that. And this kind of brings me to my final point of this podcast. And you know, the Fit Successful Dad podcast, it was created like I said earlier to to get entrepreneur-like-minded people together that may or may not be juggling a family, kids, spouse, whatever, but even without the family component, they are balancing some kind of, you know, maybe a job and and a side hustle or a full-time entrepreneurial thing and a You know, they have a set of twins at home or something like any combination of that. It's basically the balancing act. Whatever that balance is, the pot, this podcast was intended to kind of capture that. So, um, what a lot of people struggle with is what is entrepreneurship and it's, it's kind of a coincidental time right now that I'm even talking about this because entrepreneurship is so popular. It's, it's kind of weird and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of in the middle of all that. I started getting involved in this when I was 29. So I'm 32 now. And, uh, anyway, a lot of people struggle with what is entrepreneurship and I've, I've seen and heard people say, these are people and I, and I know and interact with say that they don't feel like a true entrepreneur because they're, selling t-shirts, for example, on Amazon merch, or they don't feel like a a real entrepreneur because they're taking a commodity product, uh, you know, like something that's not really branded, like a a kitchen spatula or something like that, water filters for a refrigerator, and they are shipping them over to the United States and then selling them somewhere. Let's just say, I'm going to keep using Amazon. They keep, they sell them on Amazon. And they don't really feel like, a, like an entrepreneur. They feel like an entrepreneur should be creating something out of nothing. And the bottom line, in my opinion, is this. An entrepreneur creates an opportunity to help somebody, period. That's it. And so, you know, walking through that statement creates an opportunity, meaning there may not necessarily be an opportunity sitting there. They create that opportunity. That opportunity might come in the form of you are establishing a relationship by cold confronting a supplier in China or something, just as an example, that manufactures something and you create the opportunity where you can make some money And you are creating the opportunity where you can put that product in the hands of somebody who will use it for the betterment of their daily life in some capacity. And you're creating that opportunity by establishing this relationship, transacting money with that supplier, taking that product, selling it. In return for selling that, you are getting a monetary cut and... The person who is receiving the product is using it, again, for the betterment of their daily life. That is an entrepreneur, in my opinion, that's an entrepreneurial activity. That that makes you an an entrepreneur, period. Now, Amazon Merch, Print On Demand, all that stuff, Teespring, (laughs) Printify, all those things, Right. You are creating an opportunity where somebody, anybody who shops there can take that product, that shirt, that coffee mug that you designed or that sweatshirt or whatever, that pair of socks that you designed. You are creating an opportunity where they can feel cooler or they can feel like they are unique, or that they stand out, or that they are able to stand for something because of what's on the shirt, on the mug, on the socks, whatever they bought. You are creating a a mental satisfaction for that person. Okay, They can buy a shirt anywhere. We already know this. But they chose yours because you created something that spoke volumes to them. And... That is an entrepreneurial activity. You created a design or you paid somebody, even better, you paid somebody money to create a design and then you took that design and you're the middleman here and you took that design, you put it onto the necessary platform and then you created the opportunity for some shopper to see that product, transact money for that product. Some of that money goes to the host platform. Some of that money goes to you. Ultimately, some of that money may go back to a designer that you outsourced work to. Everybody gets a cut. Everybody wins. And the customer also wins because they voluntarily paid in exchange for that product. They paid money. Everybody wins. That's an entrepreneurial situation. So it doesn't matter whether you are... Inventing like some crazy VR tech, right? And you're selling that and you're selling hundreds and hundreds of thousands of headsets. Or if you're creating t shirts and you are selling them and it's making people's lives better, even if it's in a small way, um, that's still entrepreneurship. Again, entrepreneurship is creating opportunities. To help people, period. So again, guys, it doesn't matter necessarily the specifics of what you're doing. If you are trying to create an opportunity for something, somebody to help somebody or to help something or to to help build something and you're, you're out there doing whatever you need to do to create that opportunity for that thing to happen, that is an entrepreneurial minded way of thinking. And that is more important than sitting there and dissecting and trying to put into some sort of categorical definition uh, what the word entrepreneur really means, what it meant 50 years ago, what it means today, and what it's going to mean in the future. Don't worry about all that. Creating opportunities, helping people, creating solutions for people, that is entrepreneurship. Period. So, with that, I'm going to wrap up this episode I hope you guys really kick some ass in uh, fourth quarter and I do have people reach out to me frequently about Amazon and merch and sourcing and supply chains and all that stuff. I'm not an expert, but I'm very willing to help and I have a pretty good understanding of most of it. So if you need to reach me, please go to fitsuccessfuldad.com and you can communicate with me there or on Instagram, Facebook just tag me at fit successful dad. Um, Twitter is actually different. It's my name, Gordon, a light. So tag me there at Gordon, a light. And I look forward to speaking with you. Um, listen, once again, we're in the fourth quarter now. So now is your opportunity to capitalize, get out there, make some stuff, create opportunities, make some money and get ready to really dial in to 2018. All right. we got about a month and a half left. So With that, again, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you guys so much, and I will catch you in the next episode. Take care.